Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who was Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together, remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here he is, your host for tonight, the highly caffeinated Derek McCaw. This is true, very highly caffeinated, and I, I would assume host for every other night that you listen to the Fanboy Planet Podcast. You always want a little, little mystery there. Who knows? You know, Maybe tomorrow night? <laughs> that mystery I don't like the idea of. George Clooney. No, that's pretty much we know isn't going to happen. Uh, no, because I'm, I'm I'm leaving to take over uh, Good Morning America. Are you now? Yeah. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. Doc- no, I mean, you know this controversy on ABC? Michael Strahan left uh, Kelly and, and Michael, and so he went to uh, – he's going to Good Morning America in September. But because apparently they didn't tell Kelly till about five minutes before they made the nice. announcement, Kelly didn't show up for work today. So, hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So, I'm, so I'm taking over that. The show will be Derek and Rick. Why not? Uh, you know, we'll be the taking only time over I Kelly see, and Michael. Michael. The so. only time I see that show is when it's on the on the monitor at the gym and sure. it has no sound, and that's perfect. You no, know, I agree with you. Uh, I've never consciously, purposely watched it myself, but. It's just not for me because we are geeks. Anyway, this is Derek McCott, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on 420, dude. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that as the alternate title. Should this be drug-related? Like the, 
of all podcasts, no, we're not. We're not Fat Man on You're Batman. Caffeinated. That's a drug. Ca- yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so anyway, we are here from the from the Brick Cave. We do not have Nate Costa with us once again. He has work, and we're very we're pleased with we're that. We're very proud of Nate. Very, I'm very pleased for him and his family. But uh, that does mean that he uh, could not join us for recording tonight. We're hoping that if, that sooner than later we can find a time where all three of us can sit down and do the podcast the way God intended it. We need a Nate segment like Tales. From Hollywood. You know, I was actually thinking about that. It's like, you know, maybe just have him record something, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, of course, the voice that uh, stood in to announce and is, and, and is producing tonight's show that you just heard saying, we should have Nate do this, uh, <laughs> only much deeper, we should have Nate do this, uh, is, of course, Rick Brett Snyder. Thank you, Rick. Uh, so we've got a lot of uh, news tonight. Of course, I want to say up top, if you're listening to us on iTunes, <laughs> and why not, uh, please uh, you subscribe to us, rate us, review us, uh, and tell your friends. You can do the same on the Stitcher app. You can also, as well, listen to us on the website, fanboyplanet.com, where uh, you can also find, of course, uh the uh, Amazon links to things that you hear about on this podcast that you might want to purchase and you cannot find at your local comic shop if you have a local comic shop. I do appreciate people buying things through Amazon. We get a small kickback, but I also want you to support your local comic shop when and where possible. Absolutely, absolutely, though I like money too. So if you'd like to donate on PayPal uh, to help keep, you know, a couple bucks here and there to help defray the cost of hosting and uh, and recording this podcast uh, and and keeping the site up, uh, please feel free to do that. There is a link there, but I realize they've taken that away. It's just a thing that says we are PayPal certified. The Interesting. Link, the link just takes you the to PayPal. The prior code takes you to PayPal. Yeah, but it doesn't take you to us. So uh, they no longer offer that product directly unless you're a nonprofit, which I do understand. So I just don't f- I feel like if you're on this website, it'll but cost you a dollar. But they could always, they could go to PayPal and they could say, Absolutely. I want to send money to editor at fanboyplanet.com. The same, very same email address you would use. You have questions, comments, compliments commentary and money. criticism and money uh please do editor at fanboyplanet.com um i'll stop at handing out my email address but anyway before we get to our news tonight I, my email address i bet my phone number bit totally ruined not enough caffeine yet uh before we get to the news tonight do you want to shout out some people that have uh, been supporting us in the last uh, couple of weeks uh First of all, here's our nonprofit thing: is WhedonCon 2016. It is the uh, uh, weekend after Free Comic Book Day, so that would be May 13th, uh, 14th, and 15th in Los Angeles. You can see an ad on the sidebar at Fanboy Planet for WhedonCon, uh, t- which is the first Joss Whedon-oriented convention, uh, sponsored by the, uh, run by the people from Whedonopolis, which is a fan site for for Joss Whedon. Uh, there will be many people, including Juliet Landau is the, I believe the, the head guest of honor. She was Drusilla on Angel and, and, uh, Buffy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that covers a lot of stuff that people wouldn't necessarily Oh no, absolutely. Dollhouse. And here's the thing. So Avengers, uh, Avengers. Yes. And one of the things that's happening, they, they just announced on May 13th, uh, that for May 13th rather is the second ever public reading slash performance of Joss Whedon's unproduced script for Wonder Woman, which Warner Brothers rejected wow. years ago, uh, which could have been the keystone to all of Justice League. Now, who are they bringing in to do the script reading? That I do not know. But if you have Juliet Landau, I'm sure she's going to you know read a big part. When they, they did uh, it at the comic book, Mike Wellman's shop, 
uh, a few months ago, and it was a it was a big deal. It's a small space, whereas this is now at a, at a hotel yeah. with a big conference room. Um, they brought in some comics pros. I don't think that Joss himself is going to be at this convention. Ah, okay. I think he, uh, although who knows, because he has just kind of come out of like he's kind of self imposed. He gave himself a, a couple of weeks of vacation, and he's making the rounds again. Um, and ramming up so I, I don't think he is but there's a lot of people actors that were involved in on in all the series that uh if you were just going to cast it out of his normal group of people that he pulls from all the time i would take amy acker as wonder woman okay i would i would beg nathan fillion to show up and be steve trevor as he was in the animated movie that warner, warner okay. brothers did yes. a few years ago uh but i don't think he's i'm not Please don't run away saying that Whedon Con has Nathan Fillion. No, no, no. we're just speculating. But uh, but Marina I Marina Bachran would have been a, a Marina Bachran uh, for Wonder Woman. Too. And uh, I, and I'm sorry uh, because I'm blanking on the actual guy's name. Wesley would then be a great Steve Trevor. Um, what, oh. what is his name? The, uh, I know somebody's screaming at it. Yeah. Well, let's not get too bogged down because yeah, we want to yeah. get to the news. But that, but that is uh, that is a cool event. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get down there that weekend, but uh, I, I want it out there because some of the profits, because it's nonprofit, are. It, the profits are going to charity, but some of it is going to the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, which is Chase Masterson's anti-bullying group, uh, which. Every time I attend something uh, on their behalf, uh, I kind of leave a, a very moved man, if not a changed man, uh, because it's not like I'm already, you know, feeling like I'm evil. But I definitely feel like I'm not doing enough, and that there's, an, uh, you know, there, there's some really powerful stories and a lot of powerful places you could go to help actually use your powers only for good. And the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, Coalition is one of the groups doing that. Definitely. So uh, once Con and back, I'll probably swap out the little sidebar thing there and say, and put Pop Culture Hero Coalition up there and a link cool. there. Um, but our other sponsor, we, we added a promo code watch, which uh, you can see that is a group that uh, a site where you can get discount uh, coupons for various uh, high not high end but f- famous retailers. Uh, so if you click on that, you go to a website that has that has coupons and I think good deals. Uh, and as well, we've just added a, a thing called Instacator, which is an interactive ad uh, that they they rotate the ads, but they have a trivia. Uh, a, a trivia contest, which is actually kind of fun. You can you can actually I was, I take saw, the trivia quiz, and then you can play against somebody else. I saw and, it the first time today. It came up with uh, Count Duco was also known as so and so by uh, as blank Darth uh, Darth Tyrannus. Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, people yeah. forget that because Duco's funnier to say. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty cool little site. So, uh, a pretty cool little group, I guess, because it's not really a, a site directly, but it's an it, you know, ad. So, we're thankful we're, we're trying out Instacator. And uh, so, check it out because at least, at the very least, we're giving you something to do. It's not just click on an ad, it's uh, it's a quiz. And, so, and I will admit, a couple of the questions, I'm like, I have to think about that, especially the one that showed up in Portuguese. But. Uh, <laughs> So we're working some of the bugs out, but uh, it's still a, it's still a really cool group. So thanks uh, to Instacator. So we got some comics news, uh, we got some movie news, we got some TV news, but we're going to go with a top story because by the time this podcast comes out, probably at the end of this week, we're yep. recording on the twentieth, maybe out by the twenty second. Uh, I wanted to have something so that people have time to reflect before Free Comic Book Day, which is on the seventh. You have to plan you your do. assault on the a, various a, a, comic book a, shops. A, well, yeah, because especially some do limit. Um, you know, I just had a conversation with a retailer about, and I totally understand this. How, like, true story, true horror stories of being a comic book retailer, of even on Free Comic Book Day, someone walking in and trying to actually take 
all the comics. Uh-huh. And say that's why you have to put a limitation sure. on um, because not everybody's using their powers only for good because they're thinking, oh, we can corner the market on these free comics. And you go, you know, I don't think that. And the response on being caught was like, uh, you can't blame a guy for trying. And the response really? is, yes, yes, yes I can. can. <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, because you know better. Um, some stores do five dollars, uh, f- five free comics uh, per visit. Uh, I know that, like at Elusive, there because uh, Elusive Comics and Games always teams with a local charity. Yeah, they bump the. You, they say you can ha- you can get uh, ten comics if you donate five dollars, and they have a sliding up. You can get them all for a, I think it's like twenty. Yeah. Uh, and when I say all, one copy of each title, uh, and, and then you 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 go from there. Um, I've I've got my own choices for the sh- shops I go to. I go to Hijinks first, but mm-hmm. I go to a couple of other shops because. Different shops order different stuff. That is true. And even... Because even, when it started, it was like... Uh, what year was that? It was 2001 or two? It was a while ago, yeah. Because it started with the first Spider-Man. The uh-huh. the, 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 first, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man yeah. movie. And uh, a great idea from Joe Field of Flying uh, of flying Colors in uh, Pleasanton? Uh, Fairfield? Somewhere up uh, in the East Bay. Um, and... Joe Field, a great, uh, great retailer, came with us. Yeah, it's a great outreach thing. And now it's gotten so big. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was Marvel, DC, Image, yeah, like six Dark or so Horse. Books. Now every yeah. retailer's got something, or every publisher has something. Uh, some appropriate for kids, some not. And that's, you know, that's that's where it's really shifted. It used to be really all, it was family-friendly uh, you know, free comic book day, and now it is... Now some of them, are, I mean, I wouldn't say they're like rated r or anything like that that i've, I've seen, seen have you seen some? i have seen a couple but they're definitely more uh, more of adult fare too and i i'm trying to remember the name i love i love this the publisher the the hardback books that they do uh they used to have a big booth they recently got purchased by somebody uh, uh, not recently three years ago you're talking archaea archaea right archaea, right, right. which was purchased by boom studios when you're as old as i am that three years ago is still recently that's true that's yeah. true. Um, so, stop do you, it. Do you hear that stop ticking? It. Stop really... it. Stop it. I'm, but, not, I'm not saying anything, no, but I've, Rick. I've, You're hallucinating I've all been this. In, I've been this in, conversation was five years ago. I've been in stores where they've actually had Archaea books there. And oh, yeah. No, Archaea is still every, yeah. Yeah, every year. But the hardback, free take well, one. Well, because Archaea does a hardback every year. That's yeah. what's been really cool about it. You know, it's still a sampler, but it had Fraggle Rock one year and right, Mouse Guard. Right, right, right. Um, you know. But and, not everybody gets that, you know. Not, not no, no, because I, I do think retailers have to cost. But let's let's focus on the actual content. Like, what would be the high points? Like, of course, we want to launch Rebirth. Uh, DC is going to re- launch Rebirth, and then uh, she pointed out to me, and I hadn't really paid that much attention. Um, DC Superhero Girls is coming out right. as a comic, and they're and so they're giving a preview away, uh, which I think is great for you know. I mean, it's I think there's a, allegedly in high school in the cartoon. Um, and I, I should say, by the way, at this point, uh, that one of my former students from many years ago, uh, or, or not that many, uh, from when I taught at Monte Vista High School, is Katana on that show. Uh, so uh, it's like, oh, the ultimate in, in, in that, that a geek teacher could have is that a student becomes uh, a superhero. Um, but that they also are doing Rebirth, uh, doing a preview of that Rebirth issue. Marvel is... I'm not sure what it is. I, so. I did love the Supergirls uh, title, which was Crisis on Infinite fi- Final Finals Crisis. Uh, yeah, the finals, finals, finals Crisis. crisis. Um, 
and and DC's really doing a lot of outreach for that. You know, there's a lot of children's books now too, and we haven't really talked about this, but they released a book called Study Hall of Justice from the team that did Little Gotham. <laughs> so I got a, a reader's copy, which I have to buy the real thing because like there were pages that were unfinished. Uh-huh. But but uh, my son read it, Kid Macaw read it, and loved that. So I love that they're doing that outreach to the younger readers. So looking forward to that. Well, we can go at Archie. See, for me, like okay, Archie Comics is doing Archie number one. Uh, a 2016 edition, but that was the one that came out last summer. You know, the first issue of that. It's a good book. Yeah. And I suppose but there are people that to, are going to see it. Fine to give people another opportunity to yeah. hit something like that. Uh, Bongo doing their uh, free-for-all. Yeah, that's that's the, the Simpsons, one. largely the Simpsons. Boom Studios is including, oh, here it is. Okay, maybe they aren't doing the Archaea because this Summer Blast has Mouse Guard, Jim Henson's Labyrinth, Adventure Time, uh, Lumberjanes, and a P and a, still and a, a solid lineup and something from uh, from Arkea's new uh, graphic novel, The Cloud, as well as as a bonus, we've included preview pages from Goldie Vance, uh, mm-hmm. their new book from Boombox, which I want to recommend Goldie Vance because uh, now I'm blanking on who the writer is, but she's one of the people, the key architects of DC Rebirth, that people oh. got very excited about. I think okay. she's the, I think she's taking over Batgirl, which is from the DCU, right? DCYOU last summer's kind of revamp not really a reboot but kind of that that gave a little more freedom and they did some more experimental stuff the whole thing was that was the Batgirlization because that's been the most successful kind of revisioning of, of a character it was a little more indie flavored yeah and then it will continue to be so Dark Horse has Serenity Hellboy and Aliens what could be better yeah uh, DC has Suicide Squad again. This is the this is the new Fifty Two first issue, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the Rebirth Suicide Squad is going to look that different because I, I think the movie is not. because Suicide Squad really is one of the one of the successes. I don't I don't read it, but it's one of the successes of the new Fifty Two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I don't begrudge them that. Hey, what, whatever sells, Dynamite has Bob's Burgers. You know, <laughs> I've never read it. I have. I think I have the first issue because. Some comic shops. Do you watch it? Could get a cover. No, I've watched one episode. It's, it's so weird to hear. I mean, uh, I know. Uh, I, you know why I watched it? Because of that. Because of that Archer episode right. where he was where Bob. Where he was Bob. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the same uh, voice actor. The same voice actor who does both Archer and Bob's Burgers. And so they did Bob it. Bob of Bob's Bob of Bob's Burgers. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's just so many shows. And yeah, yeah. I, there's just no time. And it's like so many things that I know I would love. And You really I, ought to watch Rick and Morty. I, I, I got two episodes in now. Yeah. So from the last time we've had this conversation, okay. I have made a conscious Good. effort to move Good. forward with it. And still haven't had time to get back. Yeah. Um, Image Comics has something called Camp Midnight. Uh, I don't ah, but here IDW, which I'm most excited about, Rom Space Night. Yes. Oh. Marvel's putting out an Avengers. Uh, Titan Comics is putting out a Four Doctors special for Doctor Who. Yep. Valiant has Valiant Four Thousand and One AD. Um, is that another crossover for them? Yes, it's yeah. this is a big summer crossover. And so I'm torn on recommending because a, a free comic book that's going into a into a, a major crossover. crossover is sort of like a first one's free. It's it's more of an advertisement than many of the other books are yes, going to be. Yes, but here's my thing with Valiant. Like I pick up, I still have a, a small stack of uh, of graphic novel of trade paperbacks I bought at Wizard World last year from the original from, Valiant. From, 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 from well, from the new Valiant. From the new Valiant. Valiant. Okay. 
and I, and I bought, I bought a bunch of different titles. So they gave me a fantastic deal. They didn't give it to me for free, you know, yeah. but they they cut me a really great deal. They said, "Oh, Fanboy Planet should cover this." And every single trade, every single title I picked up, even ones that I thought I wouldn't have an interest in, like honestly, I didn't think I'd like Bloodshot. Uh huh. Even though there was a no-brainer why Sony would make that into a film, Bloodshot was really good, you know, and and. And it it does feel very creator creator driven, like they're they're all talking together and creating a universe. Yeah, but it's all just so well done. So I I you know I I can't. So that's why I'm torn because I'm like you know it's it's so you want to I mean, crossover, but I if I, it's worth getting people interested in it. But at I'm going to guarantee time, you it's going to be a great sci-fi I wish, book. I wish a lot of these publishers would just say. Which which title do we want to be representative of our line, and not say let's do two pages from each one of our titles, which really isn't storytelling. That's like, that's well, like no, saying, this is this is an ex, this is a, a prelude, so it really isn't. Right. Uh, it, it's not the way that DC has done. Certainly, with right. Convergence last year, uh, Viz, I, I I I would be remiss if I didn't point out that there's a Pokemon Pocket Comics coming out, and this is because I've been forced into buying Pokemon XY for Kid Macaw. Um, and Pokemon is more popular than ever. Uh, so no, these comics are there. Um, then, someday they'll realize that they cannot capture them all. Oh, they can try. Uh, here's a new publisher. American mythology is offering the pink Panther, which I think, uh, a guy I know named, I think Mark Arnold, who used to work for Lee's comics up in Mountain View is really? writing the book. He moved to, moved to Interesting. Oregon. Um, Arcana, uh, is doing a free comic of, of uh, Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom and Stan Lee's The Unknowns. I do want to say uh, Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom, I actually have read the original graphic novel. The reason they're putting this mm-hmm. out is because they've got a deal to make this. Uh, Sean O'Reilly, who is the publisher of Arcana Studios, the owner, uh, has turned film director, and he did oh. uh, he did an animated film last year called Pixies, which I have, but unfortunately have not had a chance to, to watch yet. Um and full disclosure, was the co-publisher of Greatest American Heroes. So that's how I know Sean. But uh, he got his deal with Stanley. But then they're making Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom into an animated film. And Ron Perlman is doing one of the voices. Oh, that's cool. So uh, you can see the I co- think a Lovecraft animated movie could be quite cool. Well, well, he's a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's young it's still, H.P. Lovecraft, yeah, you know, so it's a cool idea. Archie Comics is also doing a Sonic sampler. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Those are just a few pages. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm not super thrilled with that. Of course, automatic pictures. That's funny because it says automatic pictures here, but it is automatic publishing and everything else. Yeah. That's uh, Frank Better's company and is releasing Spectrum, which we've talked about. That's the show within the show of Con Man, yep. the Alan Tudyk, which uh, on May 11th, a few days after Free Comic Book Day, Elusive Comics and Games is having a signing with Alan Tudyk, PJ Harsma, who we talked to at... Silicon Valley Comic Con. I have to pause and think, which convention have we gone to? <laughs> uh, and uh, and Shannon Eric Denton, who is the editor and is one of the writers on recently uh, Dynamite's uh, Doc Savage books. And uh, so we had a good conversation with uh, with PJ there. So looking forward to that book. Uh, Lady Mechanica, which you love. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful book. But I don't know if this is a new story or if it's a kind oh, of let me see the cover. repackaging. Yeah. Is it, uh, it's hard to know. Because they've been doing Tablets of Destiny and then. Yeah. That looks like a cover that I've seen. Oh, no. This is a, this is a, this is a uh, reprint of uh, issue zero. Okay. So there we go. So that's the introductory issue. Uh, Black Mass Comics. 
I do. I did buy one of their books last year. Interesting publisher. It was a, about a girl in a circus, a clown who was trapped. Call it, and their free comic books are We Can Never Go Home and Young Terrorists. I don't know. Comic Book Legal, Legal Defense Fund. Funny that it's a free comic. Yep. Um, Darby Pop, who had a deal with, I can't remember if it was IDW or Boom, uh, doing a Bruce Lee, The Dragon Rises uh, free comic book day. Dark Horse has legend, and this is more kids oriented. So now, is that going to be a story or a, a bio, bio. biographical comic? I I, I yeah. don't know. So I mean, that's what's interesting is I pick up things I wouldn't have. Is this always of before. those those? There was one company that kept doing the Blue Water Press. Blue Water, yeah. And you'd you'd look at the cover and you go, "I'd like to read that story," until you realize that's the biography of the actor who played that part. <laughs> like, yeah, with uh, the exception of the Adam West, yes, Julie Newmar, and uh, and Burt Ward books. Uh, Dark Horse has the Legend of Korra, uh, but it says it's, a, it's an all. I'm sorry, it's an all ages sampler. DC Comics has the uh, superhero girls, Devils Do, which revived first comics, which I they were at uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con, so I actually got the first issue of the revival of the Badger from First Comics. Yeah, and that was uh, w- original original writer Mike Barron coming back, and uh, I used to love that book. I I did, and he updated it. It's so it's a redo, but it's updated for two, as if the Badger were taking place in 2016. Yeah. And it was just as good as I remembered it. And so I was very pleased with that. The weathered uh, druid. But this is another, yeah, the Badger's here. Uh, Mercy Sparks. I can't read what the other title is. Scoriers. Right. I don't know what that is. Uh, Drawn in Quarterly. Uh, something called Moon Cop. Grumpy Cat from Dynamite Entertainment. I, I can't even get Fantagraphic Books is giving out Love and Rockets. A sampler. First, second books, which I do recommend as a publisher because they're usually books way off the beaten path, um, but they're really good literature. And so they've got a science comic. So if it's an educational comic for free, nice. Yeah. Uh, Gemstone, <laughs> just <laughs> comic book uh, marketplace. So a price guide for free <coughs> for just maybe 16 pages. It's probably just a sampler. Uh, Graphic India. Uh, oh, this will get me. I didn't know about this. Grant Morrison's Avatar X, Destroyer of Darkness. Uh, hmm. Graphics, which I think is Scholastic, is giving away something called Dream Jumper. Uh, Hermes Press is doing uh, a Phantom 80th Anniversary special. That'll be good. Yeah, and usually they they reprint like the the like a selection of su- Sunday strips. I don't think it'll have that kind of sampler feel. I'd like maybe bring complete... back that future Phantom. That was Phantom 2061. Was that? What year he was? Two thousand something. I thought it was two thousand eighty or something. Yeah. But uh, I like that a lot. IDW has a strawberry shortcake. Will she never go away? Uh, Image Comics has oddly normal. I've heard of that. I have not read that. Uh, Kodansha has the. Okay, this will be worth taking a look at. The Attack on Titan anthology preview because this is American creators right telling stories set in the in the world of Attack on Titan. The last year, last year they did one. Uh, a uh, manga style si- digest sti- size one it was a little disappointing. So, like, yeah, but this not- is this is uh, supposedly this is more Americanized, yeah. and so uh, not that it has to be. It's just you know that that's uh, I want to see. Uh, Marvel's giving uh, has a Captain America number one, the preview of Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers coming back, which we knew he would. Right, I have a comment on that later. Actually, it's a good point to bring it up because it's kind of a make um, the comment. Yes. So this week. Uh, there was a Captain America, The Road to War book that came out. Mm-hmm. And when it's sitting on the shelf right next to Captain America, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, mm-hmm. 
for a second I thought it was the new Steve Rogers book, but it's not. And it doesn't say anything on, on the cover about the fact that it is a very light introduction to the characters that are going to be in Civil War. It doesn't say anything about being a movie tie-in or anything. And then half the book is a reprint for four ninety nine. So Marvel's brilliant. Yeah. I, you know, so you this, know it's, uh, be warned. It's kind of a greenish cover. And I, I had this feeling. I, I said this. I made this comment today about, you know, if DC really wanted me back. Yeah. Which they didn't really lose me. But. You know, was have like you a, let them know as that I they picked, could have you back. They, oh, please, I've rolled over. I've shown my soft white underbelly. Uh, yeah, I think they're aware uh, <laughs> <laughs> that um, do a Plastic Man book for God's sake. Oh, and, sure, and let me write it. Um, and that would be one uh, since Plastic Man. That'd be one that you could do half of it reprint as well because the reprint Plastic Mans are great. Yes, but uh, but the, their books right now are still three ninety nine. And the big thing about Rebirth is two ninety nine. I said if they really wanted me back, they would have just automatically lowered the price. Yeah, on a week especially when I I'm not going to put it as my as my what's in the bag, but Legends of Tomorrow came out at seven ninety nine. Yeah, so already you've got. I mean, that's a good buy. I'm not going to say it was a good book because you get four features. It's a good read, and, you, and and they're full length stories, but. When the other books are three ninety nine, it's like, come on, are you gonna yeah. really, you know, give me the two ninety nine now? Because of course, I'm buying some things. Maybe you'll get some people to pick up the tail end. We will. I'll get back to that rant later. Uh, New England Comics is bringing out new. It says new stories of the Tick. So I excited by that. A publisher called No Brow, a book called Hilda, uh, Oni Press, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. Go on. I'm there with that mm-hmm. title. Um, Paper cuts. Uh, okay, so I've never s- watched this show. It's, it's Nickelodeon. Sanjay and Craig. Did I see that? one? It's a show on on Nickelodeon. I do know that, and I, so I. But I don't think it my kids really watch familiar. it. Harvey Beaks, which is also Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and the only uh, and I want to point that because Shane and Chris Houghton, Houghton, who we had interviewed years ago, yeah, uh, they uh, they worked extensively. I don't know if they created it. That but was the they did the one about the cowboy rides. Yes, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although they've left the series, they're going. They have a deal with Disney, so they're actually creating their oh. a new animated series for Disney. But I don't know what it is because they haven't been able to announce it. Okay. Uh, 2000 AD has a special coming out. Space Goat. Oh, I have read a book from Space Goat. Uh, Dark Lily and Friends, but they have the um, Evil Dead Two license, not Army of Darkness. Right. So they can do books that are sequels to Evil Dead Two, while Dynamite does Army of Darkness. Um, I was not impressed. Uh, honestly, when I read that, I bought it because I thought, oh, cool. And then it really wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, Third World Studios, The Stuff of Legend. I've kind of lost track of Stuff of Legend. But if this gets people to go back and get their the other volumes of Stuff of Legend. It's the one about the stuff to bear. Stuff, it's basically a toy toys. story for adults. Yeah. You know, it's set in World War II uh, in, in England. And the, and the vision of what's in the closet is much darker. Mm-hmm. It's a really it's good. Hitler. And actually Disney Disney bought it. Uh, no, the Boogeyman is a... Uh, I don't think he's an evil clown. I can't remember what he, he ended oh, up getting revealed. Getting, oh. re- getting re- revealed to be. But Disney did buy the rights to uh, develop his... It's just tricky material for them. It's, yeah. it's dark, but it's really good. I do like th- like that book, Stuff of Legend. Titan Comics releasing Assassin's Creed, yeah. which would be uh, by the guys that created um, Kill Shakespeare. So oh, uh, Anthony Delcall and uh, I'm sorry because I really love those guys. And, and I'm blanking on their names, but 
Uh, anyway, uh, this is Top Shelf is uh, doing a sampler from March, the March trilogy. Okay, here's a case where I'll recommend the sampler. That's by uh, Representative John Lewis, and it's about the Civil Rights March. Oh, yes, and, yes, yes, and yes. And the road to it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Volume 3 has not been released yet, but Volume 2, we'll from... talk about it, is just been, it was just nominated for a couple of different Eisners. Nice. And uh, I have not been able to finish Volume 2 because I get so upset uh-huh. reading it because there's no distancing from it. You know this really happened to him. Yep. And it's just, it's powerful, powerful stuff. And if it gets teens to read about that history and to know about it, fantastic. Udon. <laughs> They're still around uh, with Street Fighter. That's still around. That's still a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, United Plankton Pictures. It looks like they've got their own imprint for SpongeBob because it used to be a, I think it was a boom book for a while. Um, I can't remember. Maybe it's. Feels maybe, right. Um, Viz Media. Okay, I might pick this up because I'm seeing so many people obsessed with this One Punch Man. Uh huh. I got to know what it's about and I don't want to pay. Right. Uh, but it Until also you find out what it's about. But it, yeah, and then you know. But I, I, I kid. But Viz Media does still have Ultraman, and so I haven't yes. seen the second volume yet. So no. uh, I need that second volume. It's people. been a year. <sighs> Crap. Uh, anyway, and it also has My Hero Academia, which was also launched last year at, San- at Comic Con. Z Two Comics. I have no idea. It's a Z Two Comics Lab. I have no idea who they are. So I might pick that up just because I don't know. And then that's where it ends. Yep. That's. That's a lot, though. That's a lot, and like you said, you might if you're if you're interested in one of those, you probably want to talk to your comic book local comic book store and see if they've even ordered it. Yeah, because then you want to check around and see and who's ordered what, and especially a little those lesser known ones. I mean, I think you're probably going to be safe. Like if you show up at one o'clock or two o'clock, you may be able to get. You'll probably still be able to get those DC and Marvel books because but some of these, like I, I know. Something in the back of my mind says that Oddly Normal is something that's been out there already. For Image, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think it is. And so if, if you're looking at that or you've got to have the short, strawberry shortcake or whatever, you should check check out. And well, see you know, and I'll be honest, too. The thing is not to cause a run, but um, if it's kids' books, especially I know a lot of families come out. This is a chance yeah. to get their kids interested in picking up reading, you know, and it's cheap. Because, it's so cute. Well, because, you know, the other thing, I'm back to that thing about, you know, three ninety nine. It, it for families, you have a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to ha- at least have one of their own comics. Right. Going into the shop on a regular Wednesday, that can get pricey fast. Well, I always see like the father there with two or three kids, and they and he's coordinating among them. He's saying, well, you can get those two, yeah. and Jeffy's going to get these two, and you're going to share these back and forth, and then so you don't need to get the same ones. Right. Right. You know, that family thing. So... Uh, I'd say that's a morning thing. If you want to get kids' comics, you got to be there in the morning. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, like especially in the Bay Area, you want to check the um, what is it, uh, the, the the news newsletter, the weekly newspaper, Comic Shop News. No, uh, it's the Metro. Oh, Metro. Metro usually has an ad with coupons in it. The oh, more, that's true. More books. That's true. That's true. So I they'll, have, they'll have a list of the participating uh, show uh, shops in the area that- yeah, you know I, I i hadn't really paid much attention to that because uh, even when i i would save up my little extra bit of money you know for it to like say i would pay the 20 bucks because i knew it yeah. was the money was going to charity to get to get all the books but um i kind of like hitting all the different stores because i like i started at uh 
I started at Hijinks, and they opened earlier. So I was done with them, and then I went I went out to Lee's, which is like you know that's yeah I'm twelve view. miles out out into Mountain View, and I got into line there, and we're all standing in line. I had my coupons for for Lee's to get extra books, and someone standing behind behind me with father with a couple of kids, and yeah. I said, you know, see that magazine rack right over there with the Metro on it? <laughs> Go get a copy, and yeah, yeah. Which we used to say, Lee's is now condensing down to just being the Mountain View Star store. They oh, okay. lost the San Mateo one. Um, but uh, you also go to Art Boutique uh-huh. and Gallery in uh, in Willow Glen. Not Willow Glen, I'm sorry. Over by the arena. Um, What's what is that neighborhood? Rose Garden. Rose Garden. Rose Garden. Is what it's actually. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, in their events there, Elusive, Black Cat Comics. Uh, What's the one on? Uh, there's Legends in, in the in Valco. Valco. Yeah. And there's the one on El Camino that I keep forgetting the name of. It's uh, Comic Collector's Shop. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, and Comics Conspiracy in Sunnyvale. Oh, great and shop. Um, a great little shop. Uh, Heroes in yeah, Campbell. Yeah, in Campbell. So, but you know what? If you if you don't know, I mean, because that's that's assuming everybody who listens to this is in the, the San Francisco Bay Area, and and you're not. I know that. Uh, I've seen the stats. You're all over the world. But there is a site, comicshoplocator.com, dot mm-hmm. com, which you can check and see what's local to you. I think even Barnes and Noble though does carry some, and often, which I've really loved, is oh, libraries yeah. do. Yeah. I know that the Gilroy Library, you know, uh, has done that because I, I went to that one year. Um, so you know, that's cool. I I don't know if the, uh, the Sunnyvale Library is or not. Uh, the Santa Clara County ones are. Well, I guess the Gilroy one did. I would bet the others do. But you know, check because uh, library libraries find it a great opportunity to again just get kids in to read. And you know, even if you if you, if you buy a lot of these books yourself and you aren't really interested, I used to I used to get my pile of books from Free Comic Book Day, and then I'd take them in to work and I'd leave them in the break room, just for so people could read. <laughs> You're read insidious. Their if only you could do that this year. I can't do that. Oh, I could sneak into the old company. <laughs> you could uh, uh, leave it on the coffee table ho, ho, here at ho. home and see if your wife picks one up. Uh, uh, take it into Starbucks. Starbucks um, yeah. You know. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, move on a little bit. Um, I think it's a, I'm going to swap a little. Uh, no, and I say Wizard World announced uh, this week that they lost 4.3 million dollars. Where'd they lose it? Yeah, they were walking down the street and they went, where's my wallet? Uh, In 2015. So, I mean, the big thing is conventions or not. I I think we've hit, we may have hit the saturation point. This is a story to bring up, not because I think that we have a smoking gun. We do. We do have a smoking gun. I don't know what it's, what it's aimed at. My suspicion is, where'd the bullet go? Is, is that we have reached that point where, there are conventions. There was supposed to be one up in Santa Rosa, a wine country convention that has been sort of a hucksters and shysters involved. And uh, not that Wizard World is hucksters and shysters, but they run a lot of conventions. Yeah. I think yeah. we're getting to that point. It's almost too many. They announced a cruise, which, by the way, I am now calling Ground Zero of the zombie. I'm calling it now. That will be Ground Zero of the zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> we found a boat floating the vo- off the talk coast. Talk about the voyage of the damned. Off the coast of San Diego. The Wizard World cruise. No, it's going to be on the East Coast. Okay. But uh, if it makes it to San Diego, that's all over. That's zombies versus fanboys. From Boom Studios, uh, you can find those trade paperbacks. But anyway, um, I, it will be an interesting story to watch to see what's happening now. Some of the criticism online is, or the commentary, let's call it that, is that Wizard World has definitely been one of those pay-to-play conventions. That's been their model. Yeah, and that's what 
if there must be a collapse of conventions let it be there let it be there uh salt lake city comic-con recently also said you know they had the fan expo yeah that they were doing which had like 140,000 people showed up to i may be exact 120 um it was a lot it was big and they were so they're doing two conventions a year and they decided not to do the fan expo because they said you know it had lost its specialness and they were in Salt Lake. So what was the difference between the Fan Expo and... The Fan Expo was bringing in the celebrities. Okay, good. The Comic-Con was uh, was the, for the local community and for good bringing for publishers in. And they said, well, we wanted to be a Comic-Con. Good and for we'll them. bring some celebrities in there. But And they said, you know, the first time we did it, it was new. So people wanted to come. And, and it's not that people wouldn't want to come. It's just but they're they're kind of like going, we can't keep tapping no. these people the economy is not that great for most right, people right right so i really applaud that decision well the same people put on the fantasy uh this yeah that's right that you've gone to that i went to and yeah it was it was long rows of stalls to see celebrities was a good quarter of the floor space and that and just, it was a good convention don't don't, don't right right me, well it's but, just like silicon valley comic-con yeah it was a good convention but how many people spent it being right ce- in you know, line online for celebrities to see a celebrity and that's not that's not the experience i want people to to take away well i, I want people to have the experience they want that's yeah. true but the thing is none of it's going to break you financially yeah you want people to to get into fandom and love it and you they're know they're buying trophies you know and and who are you going to show it to you yeah. know I, well i got facebook so i can show, you know but but you know you're, you're absolutely right i mean it, it's if that's what you're into, because well, we do have friends that uh, both of us have friends that are very into getting their photos yeah. with celebs, and I'm like, yeah. you know what, good for you. It's just not what I want to do. I want to, I want to be where the people are. Um, I, I want to be with people that that nice that legs. we get that we get stuff. You know, I mean that we get stuff to we understand stuff. Yeah, together, and we appreciate the same things, and we're excited about them for the same reason. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and of course, I'm in a perspective of. Uh, doing this for 17 years i'm not so celebrity i mean if, if i did get my moment with william shatner i'd probably plots but you know that it's about it there's not anything left it's just like i want to respect people and like oh, this is cool you know yeah but i want to talk to comics creators i'm more excited meeting them exactly and, and, yeah. and talking At a to comic them. con let's find another type of con for a celebrity con no but when well, there are there's yeah. a you know, there's the hollywood autograph show uh yeah. down there yeah. and that i don't know that's how been going that on happens, forever but but you know that that happens yeah. And that's fine. And I know that, you know, not everybody can get out to Hollywood, but it's just, you know, I, I, I just want to see the, it kind of go back a little bit. Ah, in my day, I want to see, I want to make conventions great again. I want them to be huge <laughs> and make them great again. <laughs> We're uh, going to spe- build your wall. <laughs> but speaking uh, right around the convention center uh, in San Diego, because this summer, uh, uh, well, I think we both get to say publicly we have committed <laughs> without a place to stay uh, uh to attending the intense city at <laughs> comic-con uh yeah i long said that like how when you know we talked about hotel apocalypse a couple of weeks ago right and like uh you know when is it going to be like you just rent your trade your camper and you go yeah. i'm like where are you going to park yeah. in san diego but anyway uh the, definitely <laughs> we're committed to covering comic-con 2016 and yesterday the eisner award nominations uh came out uh and so I just want to point people to, they're all listed on fanboyplanet.com, uh, as well as the Comic-Con's own site, but uh, there it is, and, and back to that helpful Amazon link, where, where I could uh, until I got so tired. But I'll, actually, a lot. So the funny thing is that what I like about the nominations is some of those things 
they're not available on Amazon. Wow. They're such small press and independence getting recognition, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, but you can go and you can check it out. And some of the stuff I read, and then uh, I put this challenge out to uh, Chuck Surface, who has his own blog and and uh, you know does does another podcast uh, that <laughs> like. And this is a guy who's really well read. I really like yes. Chuck, but he's he, you know he reads the way I wish I could still, you know. And I said. Oh my God! This is a list so obscure and comprehensive. Not even Chuck Service has read all these books. And then he posts, "I'm taking that challenge." <laughs> so, I'm like, uh, you know, so I'm sorry. I, you know, this is the caffeine. You know, that podcast, by the way, is Nerdvana. So let's there be sure. Which will also be uh, podcasting out, I believe, at uh, boutique art boutique uh, on free comic day. day. Yeah, they've so, done that before. Yeah, and so I want to shout out to them. Uh, they do a different kind of podcast. And uh, but still fan oriented and and good stuff. And we've had JC on once a yeah, long yeah, time ago. It was a Westercon. Westercon. So um, anyway, uh, there's some cool stuff. And I was really thrilled in one of the obscure ones. I'd actually read uh, a book of Japanese ghost stories, uh, yeah. and I was like, wait. I not only did a publisher <laughs> send that to me, I'd actually read that and loved it. Now, who so, votes on the Eisner? All the pros once that. So okay. actually when the year that I did, uh, I've been able to vote twice. Uh, the year I was writing okay. Tony Loco, three times. I've, I have voted three times. When I was writing Greatest American Hero, I voted once. And uh, when I did a story for Bela Lugosi's Tales from the Crypt okay. of the Grave, I, I, so I voted. So is that, you know, in, in the movies, you you have to have a SAG card or something like that, right? To be, to um, be. They, they basically, when they send it out on the website, they... I can't remember if it was because I was on like a publisher's roll or something. Okay, uh, but I I do. So do you remember. Didn't have, did you have to apply, or they just sent you? They just sent me an email that said, you know, the ballots are open. Go ahead and and. But now the nominations are made by six judges that are selected each year and announced. Oh, okay, uh, and I can't remember who this, this year's are. Usually, whoever's won. I think the previous year's Spirit of Retailing Award. Hmm. So that's why last uh, or, or or has previously been because I last year Carr had been a judge. Carr D'Angelo had been a judge, the owner oh. of Earth too, but he won his Spirit of Retailing years before that. Um, but also, I mean, Carr really is such a you know a, an expert in in comics. Um, and now the the they announce at Comic Con or around Comic Con. So they release the nominations, you vote, and then the, the award the ceremony is the Friday of, of Comic-Con. Comic-Con. They okay. have a, it is the ceremony. They have a, a ceremony. I don't know if dinner is included, but they have a ceremony, uh, which I, I have never fish. attended because there's always something else going on uh, that I like. I always mean to go, especially when it's like, oh, a friend of mine is nominated. Yeah. You know, but um, – and it is purely what it was about, you know, what Comic-Con started for. So uh, – there's some really cool, obscure things in there that I'm like, okay, I got to pick that up. That sounds really interesting. Not a lot of of mainstream stuff nominated. I will say one thing that I thought would make you very happy was Silver Surfer number eleven was the best single issue story. Perfect. Um, and uh, so Dan Slott and Michael Allred uh, also got nominated for best ongoing series for Silver Surfer. Uh, so. And then another one, which uh, which I've meant to call out on the podcast a few times, was Brian K. Vaughn's uh, and Cliff Chang's Paper Girls, which is currently on hiatus. He's like Saga doing this where he tells one arc right. or one chapter, right. really, five issues. Enough for one trade paperback. Takes a couple months to catch up. 
Yeah. And then it'll be coming back again. It's a really cool sci-fi sci-fi story, uh, which is based on, uh, which is at its center are these protagonists of of middle school girls who work a paper route. Okay. And their town is basically plunged into the future. Hmm. And they're so they're stuck as the only people kind of free that are um, that have not been co-opted by whatever this time warp is, whatever's going on, and they're trying to figure it out while fight for freedom and and release the people. Uh, oh, so everyone is not only do they go into the future, but they're also co-opted into being future people. Or yeah, there's so something. The there's some, there's a larger mystery going they on, but they're the, but they're identity from but they they hadn't been caught, ah. so they're. So they're running free through they're the, the town, trying to stuff that. Yeah, and it's it's really cool, and they're realistic. It's newsies, with but all female. Yeah. So uh, if newsies had had laser guns and dinosaurs, <laughs> um, which probably would have made me want to watch it. Um, I, you know. So a- anyway, I, I highly recommend that, and uh, so we can take this now to uh, what's in the bag. There we go. Sing it. Uh, you should start because yeah, you got more than I do. I want to call out that um, we're getting into rebirth. Uh, there is a storyline going on that's going to close out Superman. And I realize, in some ways, this is the death of Superman all, all over again. We're getting four new characters. Uh, we're getting the new Superman uh, by Jean Luen Yang, the guy in China. Uh, Superwoman, who will be the lowest lane of the new 52 Earth. Uh, I, I guess, essentially, we'd say Supergirl is getting a kind of a, a, a soft reboot or a repositioning. Uh, and then we get Action Comics and Superman, which will have the Lois and Clark Superman, uh, who is from the previous reality, now going public as Superman. Uh, so they're running a storyline called The Final Days of Superman. And so I picked up Action Comics 51, and uh, as you pointed out to me, there's a little shield on there, and it read. So they're going to collect it in a trade paperback, but they're also, these have already sold out at the distributor level. And they're making sure that these shields are out there so you can follow along the way it was in the 90s. Yeah, I was going to say, I love that in the 90s when it was like four different Superman books and you had to, I would sort them against that shield number. So this is uh, the New 52 Superman aware that he is dying Uh and trying to to kind of set things up to make sure that the Earth is taken care of uh, after his death. Uh, And... uh, but it's also laying the seeds for what's going to happen in Rebirth as far as the Superman titles. So there are little clues, things dropping out. So if you're interested, I would say it's worth picking up because it it, it, it isn't so obvious, you know, like what's yeah. happening. Because Rebirth is really a harder reboot than DC is trying to say it is, you know. For a lot of the characters. For a lot of – some characters are, will be yeah. going on – and I'm very pleased, by the way, that you know uh, Gotham Academy is continuing because I've been catching up on that in trade. Yep. And that's just going on, fresh, you know, next the next year of school, and it's a great, great book. So anyway, go ahead uh, and do another one. All right. Uh, then you're latest, on a roll. The latest Disney Kingdoms uh, title, The Haunted Mansion, uh, by Joshua. Uh, let's see, Joshua Williamson and Jorge Collio uh, on art, and uh, this was probably the book that I was most looking forward to because... Oh, actually, I should take that back. Secrets of the Weird, I did look forward to yes. because of that being the lost potential of the ride that never happened. Right. Or the attraction that never happened. But the Haunted Mansion, which is unfortunately not connected. This is what, I, what I would love Disney Kingdoms to do is actually... Sh- do a little like American Horror Story does, you know, like just a little clue that connects you to these other books. And they've all been separate. 
And the problem with a ride that I love as much as the Haunted Mansion is whatever story you provide is never going to live up to the completely admittedly unformed story in my own head of what's going on in that, on that ride. Sure. Uh, on that attraction. I'm sorry. They prefer saying that. Um, so this is actually a, a really good book. I like the art. It's, it's definitely more aimed at kids than I thought it would be. And I don't know why I, I thought it would be, thought it would be uh, older skewing, but it's a good kids book. Um, my favorite, honestly, of the Haunted Mansion books that have been out there was uh, was what uh, Slave Labor Graphics, SLG Graphics, Dan Vado had done when he had the, where they just, it was an anthology of the story of each ghost. And I, I like that idea. This is one that actually tries to include all of them, a, a story that involves them all. What is odd is that the villain of this book, or at least who you assume is the villain, is a character called the Captain, a ghost of a sea captain. Okay. And uh, this last weekend, apparently, um, there is a there is an app and, a, and an interactive game at Disneyland going on right now called Phantom Radio. And oh. uh, and Phantom Radio. So it's an app that you run on your phone that and you, ties and, in and you can in free the- ghosts. You you free the ghosts, and the second ghost is the Captain. Only he's much friendlier on Phantom Radio <laughs> than he is in this book. So I, so I guess that's it. This is a good read on its own. And if you're one of the one of the people, because apparently Phantom Radio was limited to 999 people, uh, um, that there uh, wasn't room for one more. There wasn't room for one more. Uh, but uh, and strangely, it's like maybe I do know a lot of real hardcore Disney geeks. You know, I just realized that book should have it should be zero 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 two. It would be, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it's still good. You know, I, I really liked what Disney Kingdoms has done, uh, or what Marvel has done with Disney Kingdoms. Like I said, the only flaw I find is I wish there was just a slight connection, especially with Seekers of the Weird. If the kids from Seekers of the Weird had maybe like, we're in the background, something, yeah. you know, to connect yeah, yeah. it. I understand why Big Thunder Mountain really wouldn't fit, but, but Figment tie, could tie it all together. Sure. Which is good enough for two. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, the Totally Awesome Hulk continues to live up to its totally awesome title uh, with uh, with covers, just beautiful Frank Cho covers. covers. With You've got the Enchantress sitting on her throne with the cowed Hulk at, uh, as her footstool. And she is everything that a Cho good girl should be right there in the chair. Um I'm I'm loving the the whole Amadeus Cho crew, his sister, the brother sister dialogue. Oh, doesn't are you reading this one? Oh yeah. And what I love about this this book is, is my hope is that when Mark Ruffalo ages out of yeah. being Bruce Banner, yeah, you can just bring Amadeus Cho in. His mother has already appeared. She was in Age of Ultron. Yep. And 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 people, if you're a fan of the movies, Marvel is laying the groundwork with characters now. So that when so that they can create this next yep. inclusive or diverse, whichever adjective you prefer, um, you know, generation of heroes. Well, you got an Asian American Hulk now. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what. But that's, that's what I mean. It's super, like, is I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And and the day that I go to the movie theater and see Miles Morales as Spider Man, uh, I can't remember Ms. Kamala Khan as Ms. Marvel. Right. Right. And 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 Amadeus Cho as the Hulk. It's going to be great. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it, good times. I just love the fact that the robot is called Kegger because he looks like a 
keg. Well, what I like about it, it's also almost like sneaking a ROM, a ROM reference <laughs> yeah, in. Like, <laughs> like, you can't let me use ROM? All right. Let's use his head. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I will bring up my next one is uh, Huck, which comes at least the first miniseries. I hope there's... No, I don't hope there's more. I hope this just sits. I mean, no, it's been uh, been f- option for television. I don't want to see it as a television series. I want to see it as well. It could be. You know, I'm you want to see I a movie. I want to see a movie. Yeah. Uh, from issue number one, and I know you're five behind, so I won't go through. It's just the promise was this was the superhero movie that Frank Capra would have made if he made a superhero movie, and I've I've bought every issue and read it, devoured it. With the fear that there was going to be cilantro in my delicious Chinese uh, chicken salad, uh, that you know he was going to get that soapy bite, that I was going to get that soapy bite, and that he was going to do pull a Mark Miller and undercut me, and no, this book ends as beautifully as it began, with hope, optimism, and this is this is what I wish comics were doing this is what honestly i wish batman v superman was doing because i want to say back to action comics there's a conversation between superman and supergirl in action comics that goes oh yeah why didn't you pay attention to the comics writers who understand exactly what superman is about and a month after batman v superman comes out that action comics the flagship title of superman books reminds you this is what it's about and (sighs) huck reminds you what it's about someday Zack snyder will pay for his crimes Someday. Someday. Go. Uh, and somebody who has no need to pay for any crimes is the... Is the uh, is Mick Gray. Is Mick oh. Gray and his support crew who yeah. write and draw Robin's Son of Batman, uh, which has just been a fabulous... This is a true adventure comic. This is world-spanning... Of course, now we just say, I look at the cover, and it's not... Uh, and they're actually done. Uh, Patrick, right, right, right. Patrick Gleason you're and, right, and right. Nick I'm Ray are gone sorry. from this title. Isn't this a? That's not. Yeah, but they led into this. Well, and and why and they're this, gone this, is because they're taking over Superman with Peter exactly, Tomasi. Exactly, exactly. So the guys that basically defined Damien the way we love him, true, are taking over Superman. So I can't tell you how excited but, I'd be for that. But the book, I was, I was in a conversation. All that aside, I was in a conversation with somebody who was saying, "Well, I want to read Batman." And I said, "Well, you've read Batman. Read." Robin, son of Batman. And I was telling him why. And I, I, as I started telling him all the awesome things about this book, I just like, I was like, I was going, I need to go home and reread all those issues because it is. And I need to buy the trade paperbacks because I want them clearly labeled on a shelf yeah. and not boxed up and gone away because they're, it's like all-star Superman. Yes. A book yes. that I want to yes. buy like 10 copies so that when somebody says, what should I start with? You can just hand it to him. Boom, and yep. have it, and get, you know, yep. if I win the lottery or the McDonald's Monopoly game. Uh, so, But I, I wanted to show you one thing that's in the center here. Oh, I've seen that ad. The, 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 I know. The double-page double gatefold for future quests. This is why I was saying I have two and a half books, because I you just thrill. You, you're, I'm in my footy pajamas in front of the TV set I know. on a Saturday morning looking, I know. At, looking and, at this. And, and going, I can make no promises, but... Um, the team has already said they were willing to be interviewed, but it has to be okayed by DC. And unfortunately, yeah. that okay has not come through yet. But uh, even if we don't get an interview of them, I'm just looking. Frankenstein Jr., done up like Johnny Soko, right? Uh, and then you've got Soko? Uh, Soko. Soko. Yes. Go Soko. ahead. 
It's like being afraid to say Neil Gaiman. No, it is Sacco. Sacco. It's one of those things you never. I I don't usually say it out loud. Um, I just read it. But they do on the show. And then the uh, the Galaxy Trio and the Impossibles. What I love about that is the is, most of all is the Impossible. Well, and Frankenstein Jr. Frankenstein Jr. holds a place in my heart for the oh, reason yeah. I said, like Man from Uncle does, because it's a big little book. Uh, and there's a uh, I can't remember what the name of it was, but uh, with the because I, I, I'm out of step, I got to dig out all my big little books. I actually at work brought that up today, and somebody knew what I was talking about. I was like, <laughs> I don't have to explain what a big little book is. I'll bring them in, and we'll have a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but but I think I've only seen one episode of Frankenstein Junior. Really? Okay. Because I'm just you know honestly, I know that you can forget this. I'm just not quite old enough, right, for that real that golden age of of those shows, like the only reason I got into Space Ghost was because the Sorceress of Cyber Cyba Three is one of the big little books. So the Hanna Barbera action right, heroes were right, all right. over the the first couple of years of of sixties big little books, which I had, but I bought in the seventies. So these were these characters where they all ended up sounding exactly as I imagined them to, because I'd heard their voices on other shows since. Yes, but. You know, my parents tell me that I, my, my mom would tell me that she remembered me being liking the Impossibles, so I must have watched it at some like when I was two, like yeah. being fascinated by it on TV. Yeah, but I have no memory of the Impossibles at all. But the, I, I mean, know who they are. When you when you you fill out the the core of like forgotten ones, so you, you got Birdman, the real Birdman, <laughs> not Harvey, not Harvey, and the real Space Ghost, and you, and then you look at the the thematic stuff, but. Tying it all together is Johnny and what Haji else? and Bandit. And I was just thinking about this the other day. There really haven't been any stinker versions of Johnny Quest. No. Every one of them has had has been good and had some new twist because I wanna, or something. He, well, he's and the, the comic series, I'd love to get reprints. When Comico did that. When Comico did that, that was a wonderful series yeah. of, of comics. And, uh, they, and they expanded on the Race Bandon story and... The Doc Savage story. The Doc Savage story. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, because the thing is, I think that Johnny Quest is one of those characters where everybody loves and has a deep affection for, I mean, because even when Johnny, you know, Johnny Quest has appeared on, because uh, one of the villains of Johnny Quest is on uh, Adult Swim. Right. Uh, is on Venture Brothers. Right. Um, and Johnny was on Venture Brothers. And Johnny Brothers was on too. Venture Brothers. You know, it was started out as a parody of Johnny Quest, even had Johnny Quest. It was very, uh, very meta. And I think Race is mentioned, right? Because No, Race shows up in Race one shows up. He gets shot, right? He's dr- being he dragged and, along by his parachute. Because he and Brock uh, right. had served together. Or, they, or Brock, that was his dream assignment to work alongside. Uh, I'm very excited by that. You know, and also, I hadn't realized, so that Scooby Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, the writers of Scooby Apocalypse, because everything's been about Jim Lee re- revamping it, but the writers are Keith Giffen and uh, J.M. Nice. DeMattei. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the originators of Bwahaha Comics yes. uh, are doing Scooby Apocalypse, and seeing them on it... you got to explain Bwahaha. ...was the first time that I cared. So they, uh, after... Uh, DC Legends, I think, was the crossover that John Byrne wrote, where Apocalypse came the first time, uh, and the Justice League was starting. They destroyed Justice League Detroit, right? And they came back with Justice League International, International, where Maxwell Lord appeared. And if you watch Supergirl, Maxwell Lord is this mysterious horror, you know, quasi villain. He's, he's the, yeah, he's the Lex Luthor, and 
in later years, Jeff Johns and Dan DiDio made him out and out evil. But when he was created, he was a manipulator. He was a manipulator, and, and that and that was it. Who turned out to have mental powers right. of manipulation. But in one of my favorite, uh, you know things of like it would make his nose bleed and then basically sometimes they would just make his nose bleed because <laughs> it was all he could do to stop to keep himself from manipulating them um but wahaha meant that basically justice league international came along with kevin mcguire on art and which you can get in hardcover and i bought them all in hardcover they were they were a fantastic mixture of of serious storytelling and absolutely hilarious characterization. Laugh out loud and, stuff, and if, really. And if you want to know why people give a damn about Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, yep. you got to look back at those because yep. nobody did care. I mean, no no slight. Dan Jurgen's idea creating Booster Gold was a great idea. It was just not that an idea that caught on. But when he teamed, and, and I will say, in The Death of Superman, because I referenced that before, in The Death of Superman, in the aftermath, Funeral for a Friend back in the mm-hmm. 90s, the only moment in that entire story that actually made me cry was when Blue Beetle, who act Ted Cord, has no powers, just technology. Right. And he gets beaten into a coma fighting right. Doomsday. Doomsday, yeah. And one episode of Ju- one issue episode, one issue of Justice League ended with Booster Gold sitting by his hospital bed, crying over over Ted, mm-hmm. saying, You gotta wake up. Because these were the goofy characters. Yeah. And and him crying, you can't die because we... And that was the first time, the only time in that entire arc that they that any of those characters became real to me. Yeah. And so, you know, and it's Keith Giffen and, and J.M. DeMatteis. And I give J.M. a lot of credit because I know he's the guy that really gives heart. Giffen's a wonderfully cynical writer and he's very funny. And J.M.'s funny in his own yeah. right, but he's a guy... Who will explore the spirituality? So I'm very excited about that. The last thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll gloss over a little bit, is just because, damn, I love how cheap trade paperbacks are from Image. Um, f- how many issues are nine ninety nine for? Uh, I think six issues yeah, of fun. Scotty Young's uh, creator own series. And a few few months ago, we had uh, Eric Larson on, and he said, "I love this book," uh, and I bought the first issue and thought. It's going to be cheaper to buy it in trade, so I did. Uh, I hate Fairyland. Um, which, that's the name of the title. The title that is the name. Of, that's the title of the book, uh, and it's about a, a girl who gets trapped in a fairyland, and there are rules to her escape, and so she gets trapped for twenty-seven years, but she can't age. Mm. So her mind has. So instead of the oh, this is the wonderful fairyland thing, this is the girl who. The magic wore off a long, <laughs> long time ago, and there are rules, and everybody is bound by the rules, and they're all trying to subvert the rules because as much as she hates Fairyland, they've come to hate her. And so it's not for kids, despite the fact that Scotty Young is an Eisner Award-winning yeah. artist uh, for his uh, adaptation of the Oz books with Eric Schanauer. Um, and those are beautiful. Uh, Scotty's got a sick and twisted sense of humor, and it's in full force here. In fact, I think the second arc actually began by replacing the I hate with uh, with a verb that begins with F. Uh, and, and actually, they just did the, uh, you know, asterisk, asterisk, you know, so forth. Pound so, sign. Pound sign. So um, the trade paperback, nine ninety nine. Image knows how to do it and, and i'm gonna get and i want to give a shout out then also to dc has figured that out too because gotham academy like this scotty young i like better than the any of the other stuff he's done yeah and he, it's his first creator own series yeah and i i also would i just want to say because i picked up gotham academy and it's 15 bucks 
for their six issue trade paperbacks, volumes one and two. And that and you do the math. That's cheaper than what it was to buy it as individual yeah. issues. Yeah. And you know, so that's what I think a trade paperback should do. You want people to read your books. Yep. You want them to get excited. And so you I want am. them to buy the next one. Yes. Like people want the third Bill and Ted movie, which uh, got uh, so I moved to movies here. See uh, how very smooth clever. They, yeah, not now that I've called it out, but uh, there was a flurry, and I've seen so many friends post this. Well, Alex Winter, uh, who was uh, William, uh, he was Bill, right? Yes, theater Bill, what and Prescott? Bill Preston, Bill Preston. Bill Preston and Theodore Logan and Keanu Reeves was they Ted. They both have Ted. middle names too. Yes, so, but I can't remember. Yeah. They're and they always end up with Esquire. But uh, Alex Winter, who is Bill, uh, was working on a screenplay for the third uh, Bill and Ted uh, adventure uh, and wants to direct it. And he gave an interview where he said where it was misinterpreted. So I saw people going nuts. Yes, it's finally happening. We're getting the third movie. And he had to backtrack. So was, so I've got this as a topic. Bill and Ted go backpedaling because he because. They've given interviews over the years. Keanu Reeves has said, I would love to do it. And, you know, and his star is on the rise again because of John Wick. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's an actor, and no matter how else I feel about his acting, uh, a t- tremendously wonderful human being. By by no accounts is he an awful human. He is always, people go, he's one of the nicest guys around. And yeah. He, and, and he would love to do a third Bill and Ted. Alex Winter would love to do a third Bill and Ted. And... People have run with that to say, oh, it's been greenlit. It's happening. We're getting it next summer. And Alex Winter had to say, no, there is a connection to what we're talking about because Alex Winter had also tried to do uh, a Blue Beetle pilot because he's a director and he had done, he directed the uh, Ben 10 live action films that Cartoon Network did. And they're really good. He's a really good director and a really good writer and he knows how to handle special effects. I think him at the helm of a Bill and Ted movie directing himself would be great. So... Uh, I like the idea that they would go with the original actors and age them up. And yeah, because what would happen, you know? And and I want to throw out there: Boom Studios has been doing a great Bill and Ted continuation. Mm-hmm. Been great stuff. So it's all comics. It all comes back to comics. Do you want to say uh, that? Uh, so we're not getting one soon, but he's saying like I'm hoping maybe if everybody's talking about it again, maybe someone will give us the green light. But it hasn't happened because their original studio is gone. I think it was or- Orion were the original. So MGM released them on DVD. I don't know who has the rights now. I guess if MGM does, maybe it's Warner Brothers. Maybe Warner Brothers owns them. But uh, anyway, Willem Dafoe has just been cast in Justice League. They have not said what he's playing. But uh, he joins J.K. Simmons, I had forgotten, is the Commissioner Gordon of the new of the new universe, uh, of the Zack Snyder-verse, if you will. Uh, so uh, J.K. Simmons will be playing Are We Okay Here? Yeah, that's the game we're going to play. Go ahead. (laughs) No, J.K. Simmons will be uh, playing Commissioner Gordon in Justice League, which will probably be somewhat overstuffed with characters. Uh, But at least that means he'll be Commissioner Gordon in Ben Affleck's now confirmed solo Batman film, which Ben Affleck has written and will be allowed to direct. Uh, So when Warner Brothers shifted things around, it was because they had not yet announced and confirmed that, yes, they're doing uh, Batman. They're doing Batman. So... uh, and Fox announced it as CinemaCon. There's an unnamed X-Men movie, which now seems to be New Mutants instead of X-Force. So uh, it's possible. The most interesting thing out of CinemaCon that I want to bring out is that they just kind of quietly put out there. Kenneth Branagh is directing and starring in a new adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express. I think he could be a f- ridiculously fun Hercule Poirot. Wow. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I can see it that. It could be interesting. Yeah. It's a couple years away, but Different they announced take on it, it but they from, announced uh, last week. Who was it who did the, in the movie with... Uh, Albert Finney. Albert Finney, yeah. Was in that. And then I think uh, David Suchet had done it on the BBC. Yeah. So, uh, and we don't know who Willem's... But I just think it's funny that basically they're going back to... Uh, I'm waiting for them to announce Tobey Maguire as a character in Justice League so they can completely just, you know, steal all the characters, uh, the character actors from the Spider-Man films and put them in Justice League. So we shall see. Um, Kevin Feige also mentioned there was this flurry of, hey, we're going to get an announcement at Comic-Con. I'm going to say with a grain of salt, uh, Marvel has learned quite honestly that their studio announcements are bigger than Comic-Con. Just because there's no D23 this year doesn't mean that they can't just hold their own event in the El Capitan in Hollywood and announce who... Will be directing and who will be starring in their Captain Marvel. Yeah, just do film. the big hall all day long. Yeah, bring they, the actors in and out, show us clips. Well, no, that's what they did. They, they did. Art. They did two years ago when there wasn't a D twenty three. They had that's an October right. announcement. That's right. that's right. They, you know, they announced that Civil was, War uh, Avengers thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did it at uh, at the El Capitan. They just had an event. We were not invited to it, but uh, it's a beautiful theater, a great place to announce, and a great stage. Uh, so I just wanted to throw out there, you know, that it's once there, once out there. And I've had this weird, perverse thought, which could be horrible or brilliant as to who would, would be a great Captain Marvel, a great Carol Danvers. Okay. That no, I saw your, I saw your note and I was thinking about it too. I had, I had okay. one for myself. Because it's totally against type uh-huh. uh, of, of the characters she has played before. Kaylee Cuoco. Interesting. That's that is interesting because she could be really tough and hard hard nosed, but could deliver a line, spin comedically to give it just that little lightness. Yeah, no, I, I can I can take it because because she is and nobody said it. So nobody has said she's that. not she's not known for being muscular or right, athletic right. or anything. Whereas the one I was going for is definitely in that cast, Gwendolyn Christie. Oh yeah, people have talked about Gwendolyn Christie. The only re I, and I've seen a lot of, even though she plays kind of a kind of a masculine-looking thing, I think she. I, I, I'm pretty sure she can dress up to. She, oh no, she's beautiful. Yeah. But she's. Um, I'm not to say that masculine could be beautiful. Oh, it's so tricky walking the landmine of political correctness, and, and trying. But um, and now having said that, probably is when I get the angry letters. But. Uh, the thing is, she's like six two, six yeah. three. I want somebody who is who is not only. I want her to be physically imposing, know, imposing on on the other characters on the set. Where you go, that's a powerful. But character. I, but I don't know that Captain Marvel needs to be because Carol Danvers was an ordinary human who was not changed. I know, I know, in I, know I know what you're saying. Uh, you know, yeah. that's so. But, I mean, because most people want Katie Sackhoff. That's really yeah, the person. That's the one I keep on hearing. But and they've been saying that for years. So I, my guess, if <laughs> if Feggy. And he is an evil genius. Um, they've probably already decided it all, and she's just going to show up at the end of Civil War. And I know they've already done a press. They've already done some press screenings because I was down in Hollywood last week, and they they had the 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 premiere of of Captain America: Civil yeah, yeah. War. Yeah, but I'm sure they didn't do a post credit sequence because no one has said a thing, and and they've learned if they put a post credit sequence right, out there, it's right. there. So they've had press screenings in London, and. So no one's leaked that. So I'm going to say if they were truly evil geniuses, 
she's already been cast and she's and they've shot like a, a 30 second piece of of uh captain marvel of cg and live and yeah you know we, we shall see uh what hit the the, the web this morning was a remake a trailer Ooh, excuse me, a trailer for the remake of The Magnificent Seven, which is loaded with superhero actors. Uh, not, not that Denzel Washington's been a superhero yet, but Chris Pratt, our own Star-Lord, is yeah. in that. And the only thing, uh, any movie that makes people excited about westerns again, I'm happy with. Are they going to go with the same archetype characters? Uh, it looks like more legitimately multi-ethnic. Okay. Um, there's, there's an Asian actor... Uh, the guy who had been in, uh, who was Storm Shadow in uh, the GI Joe movies. Okay. Uh, and there's a Native American, and I think there's a, c- a couple of Hispanic actors. And I only say this like, like I don't I, that I don't know because they didn't go like. Other than I recognize Denzel Washington, right? They didn't say this is the you, you know, down you, and out gambler, and this right. is the. They sort of they they flash too because yeah. Antoine Fuquay is directing it, but they flash too fast. It's it's too modern editing for the trailer for me to go. Uh, who is that? I, I I don't know. The only thing that's wrong with the trailer to me is that uh, they play House of the Rising Sun. I'm like, you couldn't spring for the truly iconic music that the Magnificent Seven had and just update right, it. Right, right. Have somebody cool do it and yeah. You know, and what does House of the Rising Sun have to do with with the Magnificent Seven? Uh, so I was upset by that, but, uh, you know, they're selling it on Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt together and they're two charming actors. Mm-hmm. So let's see it. Um, let's move to TV. There was new Star Trek rumors and CBS is not confirmed. Now that we thing. know definitely what Star Trek is and who owns it and everything. Oh, but, but see, here's the thing is everybody got excited going, wait a minute. The TV series they said is going to be set in the television universe. It's like the Shatner versus they're calling it. My God, we're, th- this is how we're actually – fans are dividing this way. There's the Shatner-verse and, then the, and the Kinto-verse. Why isn't it the Pine-verse? Um, it's because Zachary Kinto is clearly the more, more dominant. Because yeah. uh, he's still ours. Yeah. Chris Pine belongs to So then it should franchise. be the Kinto and the Nimoy. You'd think, but no, it's the Shatner-verse. Yeah. Uh, so it's set in the Shatner-verse, and I realize, of course, there's a very good reason why that is. And that's because CBS owns the TV series mm-hmm. and Paramount owns the movies. Right. So why would they set a television series in the same universe as the reboot when they've still got the next generation hanging out there? Brian Fuller is uh, producing. The rumor is that they're going to actually make this uh, Star Trek a season-long anthology so that basically you can have the first season will be one following the adventures of one captain or or one ship uh-huh. and be set in a time period before next generation yeah and then the second season could be a completely different ship and a completely different captain and a completely different crew yeah and they that's left a nice gap there and that's a brilliant way yeah. for CBS to expand their franchise in a way without really gambling on like, you know, you've got to do, Oh, we're stuck in this. Um, you know, could they lure what's his name? Kelsey Grammer back to mm. captain a ship oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a season. And that, and that's why networks or at least love, show up. That'd be and, nice. But that's why the networks love those anthologies is because you can yeah. get somebody like that who may have gone too big. Well, you only have to have to do 13. Right, you're episodes. not going to have to stay back and come back for next season. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. The, but, uh, this is still purely fan speculation, which I don't like to run with normally, but I think this is fun. The other nice thing about it is that if you stay within the same time period, 
you don't have to redo the sets and everything. That's the big expense <laughs> expense, and they can just reuse the sets with a different cast on it. That's that's probably true. Yeah. Um, although you know, one thing they said is they could go back to pre Archer. Uh, you know, I was Arch the um, Enterprise doesn't get enough credit for the good job they did at straddling that whole technological thing of making them look kind of like they could have existed between Mm -hmm. now and tos or now and at least next gen but at the same time no i I understand it's It's one of the things that i think is also i want to give credit we i think we kind of alighted over it the rogue one trailer uh um for actually making it look like the set the the production design of a new hope mm-hmm. instead of the sleekness of every other movie right, we've gotten the, since the uh, so well the at least the first three yeah mm-hmm. all yeah. right so uh season one of supergirl just ended this week and the only aside from it being a fun show uh the uh the the thing that still is in doubt for fans is cbs has not yet renewed it despite I see again, see postings and articles. People said, Ooh, Supergirl's been renewed. Yes, it, it's not. It was Les Moonves said, We introduced five series. I can't see them not coming back. It's not the same thing as saying it's been renewed. They renewed four of the series. They did not have not officially given a, a renewal or a cancellation for Supergirl yet. So the future's still up in the, up in the air. So watch that show, folks. Well, you know, it's Nielsen I'll, families. I would say that's it. Is, is repeats are going to really be the, the make or break on this? Is uh-huh. there a popularity? Because people say, well, you know, it's like its ratings for the finale were like 1.1 million. And they said, but that's about what The Flash gets. And you say, well, that's great. Except the thing is, it's not as expensive. The Flash is not as expensive as Supergirl. And it's on CW, which is not carried in as many places. Really? Why is Supergirl that much more expensive? Because of the flying, the invulnerability stuff. They do a lot of... (laughs) They do a lot of stuff where she isn't flying, though. But a lot of scenes are in daylight. You yeah. may notice that the thing is like uh, oh, yeah. Flash. Yeah. Flash does Central a lot of City. night running. They, they uh, are, they're heavily overcast. Cities. They have they have two hours of daylight in Central City, and <laughs> and then the rest of the time, uh, it's only so that Iris can go to work at the newspaper <laughs> uh, to see her way. So, despite the fact that they have a lot more impressive, different you know powers, uh, it's still it's a, it's a lot more CG. Just you know, yeah. it's it, it's just and it, and it can get by. The CW can get by with a lot lower ratings. They're not one of the, you know, still... Like, to me, this is an archaic concept that you have the big four. Let's just face it. We are so split. I will say one thing, though, about about the Supergirl. I, I love the show. Yeah. Justin, it's one of the shows Justin and I watch together, which is why we're a bit behind because getting together to watch it. Right, right, right. Sometimes when, when she does, like, the hovering stuff, yeah. it's... It's so obvious where the wires were and how she rocks and stuff in place. And I'm thinking, there are teenagers making YouTube videos that look better than this. And Holy if, crap. If, yeah, I want you to and, look up one. Uh, and I'll throw that out there. Super Horse. Okay. Um, that uh, a friend of mine's son did. He's now a freshman at Chapman. And uh, so... It, the story makes no sense. It makes little sense to me, and and it, it's basically a guy with a rubber horse head mask who has Superman powers. Okay, and it, and basically these guys these guys shot this when I think they were still seniors in high school, or maybe it was the summer before they went off to to college this year. And uh, I caught it in Variety because this the the company that's like starting the YouTube channel for it. 
uh, is supposed to be very visual effects oriented and cheap and be YouTube programming. But the thing is, I'm I'm impressed as hell by what they these kids, from oh, yeah. my perspective, yeah. could do with CG and the flying effect of Super Horse and uh, and the landing effect. And I realized, yeah, they do that on Supergirl a lot. But that those tools are in 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 this hand. I mean, right. you know. And so it's when you tell me that their special effects make them cost so much, I'm like going. Maybe they're contracting with the wrong people. Oh, and, the, and it may be the actors, too. The bigger names show up, I think, on Supergirl than do on uh-huh. on, on The Flash. And it's CBS. Their expectations of ratings That's true. Are, are higher. But it's like, you know, years ago when I, I talked to Aaron Gray about, like, why Buck Rogers was actually uh, was canceled because it had 25 million viewers a week. And, you said, and networks would kill for that now, but it was because HBO had just started. And so the cable yeah. explosion was just beginning, and the networks were thinking, "No, this is we can do it the old way." And it's like we're now at this where, as I've had to remind people, it's like everybody knows about Mad Men, but how many people actually watched it? It was like two million. No, but I mean, I know really. And it's like wrestling. You think when you get steeped in in, in wrestling, and and they only have six million viewers, six million fans. I won't even call them viewers. Six million people. You know, that's what they estimate. I'm like, you know. That's, are they all in that arena at the same time? No, they're not. No, but they are watching that. things on whatever network it's on now. No, I don't know. It's on, I thought it was on Sci-Fi. It was for a while. I don't know if it still is. Oh, I, okay. I, have, I have no idea. Um, uh, speaking of The Flash, so Warner started this week a little web. I don't know how long this web series will last, but I will pick up the episodes when I find them. Yeah. Chronicles of Cisco, just a little two minutes of Carlos Valdez as, as Cisco Ramon. I could listen to him talk to himself all night long. <laughs> He's great. He's so funny. He's he's got perfect delivery, and and as I wrote, and you can find the the episode on Fanboy Planet. Um, you know, it's like Greg Berlanti has done what Jeff Johns could not, and that's make people like like vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it was it was it was basically a one man show, right? Yes, and uh, it was it was charming, and even just and, that little tension of not wanting to touch Jake right, Eric's helmet. Exactly, like, that was it. And you think he's going to, and he throws the towel over the top of it. It was, it was great. Yeah. So uh, I used to be against all these web series, and I'm like, no. I mean, that's again, I just give in. That's the future. I, I know you said, the, you know, the entire Vixen is available on CWC, right? And yet somehow that entire thing can happen without people most people knowing, knowing about, about it. it you yeah. know, and it's like that's a big key to the Arrowverse, as you would, yep. you know, if you would. And it was good. Yeah, so I watched a couple minutes. And I got to catch up, you know, but I, I just wanted to see what it was, what it was, and and it's cool. Lucifer of all things has been renewed for a second season. That's on the CW, right? That's on that's on Fox. That's on Fox. Okay, that's that's so Fox is renewing their yeah fantasy shows. They're yeah now they got they got the iZombie too, right? No, that's CW. That's CW. All okay. those have been renewed. So okay. we just say, I, I just got the announcement today. I, you know, of course, that season two of iZombie is coming out on DVD this summer. I think in time for Comic-Con. But interesting is, is I had not realized that they had not released season one on Blu-ray. So yeah. actually only for online retailers through the Warner Archives program. And I think this is a smart business move is, uh, you know, I knew they'd done it high def. Uh, so... You can order through online retailers, through Amazon and so forth, uh, only uh, through the Warner Archive pro- uh, program to get it on uh, Blu-ray. 
seasons one and two of iZombie on Blu-ray only through online, as you can do with the Brave and the Bold animated series, which they had not initially released really on, on Blu-ray. You know, so the, Warner's doing a lot of stuff for those who really want the high def version. Uh-huh. Um, just through the archives, so it's really. Do you think it matters that much? Does order. it matter that much to you for a lot of the animated stuff to get in high def versus for the animated stuff? No, yeah. I mean I, I found it problematic. Like you know, last week I watched uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans. I need to get a portable Blu-ray player, uh-huh. uh, despite the software on my laptop, my new laptop saying you know it it could handle Blu-ray. The player isn't. Okay. So um, I find it. The only time that I've really, truly, and it depends on what, you know, the defini- definition of your screen, uh, the Blu-ray of Pinocchio years ago from Disney okay, was that they put so much into it. And I think Disney does. But when it's a TV animated series, there's, and even yeah, those Pinocchio directors. Stuff, it's like a, it's like it, a painting. It it's, is. It's it every is. frame. Is in a, a way that I had never seen on yeah. the VHS or, or on the regular DVD that I right. had before. Right. You know, the Blu-ray, that's what sold me on Blu-ray was, oh my God, this thing is lush. Um, but even with those direct-to-video movies, which are cool, no matter how much effort they put into it, it it's still it doesn't need. It's to not be, bad, but it's not. No, it, it it, doesn't, it's, it's an extra thing, and and I you know I I get it on Blu-ray, uh, any you know, and it comes with a DVD, so I was able to watch Justice League versus Teen Titans, which back to Damien, greatest definition of Damien on a, on a cartoon mm-hmm. that I could possibly see, yep. and I'm like. Uh, you better be splitting off with little Teen Titans here because this is a good redefinition that kids are going to love. Uh, you know, so I'm with you. It's just kind of an interesting thing. Um, there's been a little movement as we wrap up here on, in video games. The Xbox 360 has been officially discontinued. Now, you'll know better because you, you've definitely been on Xbox from the beginning. Is the Red Ring of Death not a problem for Xbox One? No, it's not. No, they, it's only an Xbox. The Xbox, 360? the Xbox 360, the Red Ring of Death was primarily a heat sink problem, and if you had it repaired by someone who knew what was they were doing, you'd never get it again. And okay, the, so the idea was that uh, you know once once the internet grabs a hold of something that's so compelling like Red Ring of Death, R R O D, um. But I've seen people post, yeah. you know, thank God it's dead because I like the red ring five times, yeah. you know. And so yeah. I, I just didn't know. I never got into, never bought into the Xbox platform. Because really, at my economic level, I can afford two out of the three platforms. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I like having the Wii. But for, but, but that's for the games like sports and, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, Sonic and Mario, um, which, yes, I enjoy playing. And, uh, but PlayStation is where I committed to because... There's so many other things I was able to do with the PlayStation 3. Um, the, the Red Ring of Death is not the reason why they're doing this. The, the, oh, no, I know it's, it's not. I'm just the, saying it's what you know that that was. There's a, actually two very good reasons why they should do this. And the first one is they just dropped the price on the Xbox One base system to $299. Mm-hmm. And the second one is that they've been doing more and more um, updates to Xbox 360 games such that that same. I, that, that disc doesn't play on the new system, but you're able to get that property through downloads and through patching or whatever, such so that it will play on the Xbox One. So a lot of the I know a large part of the um, the highly praised parts of the uh, that catalog are available mm-hmm. in Xbox One, which I think is the same thing that uh, Sony has claimed they're going to do and move forward with with uh, PS3 going to PS4. Hasn't quite happened yet, but we do know that this much movement has come uh, through an interview with a 
a, a, a site called Giant Bomb that the PS 4.5, as I said, which is supposed to come out in October alongside uh, PlayStation VR, um, is don't call it PS 4.5 anymore. They're saying, but it's going to say 4.5 yeah, in sure. our heads. It will always be in our hearts. Uh, is uh, Neo, and uh, that's going to go for four hundred dollars. You don't want to burn a name like Neo on a point release. No. Um, but this will is a higher clock speed, uh, higher bandwidth on the memory, uh, high def. And so starting October, all PlayStation 4 games must ship with a base mode that works with the original PS4 consoles and a Neo mode that takes advantage of the higher frame rates and visual things. So does that mean that my existing four games aren't going to run on this 4.5? No, box? it will. They yeah. will. Okay, so but it's a have to but ship. With this what they're saying is what they're saying is any new games that come out have to be able to do both. Okay, so uh, so the same everything that came before. Does. Yeah, was we'll yeah. So it'll support okay. the 4K image output, and that's the and it's just the games themselves are not to be 4K native. But then it, 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 this is a, a question too: is we've had so many evolutions of even television that just haven't stuck. I mean, 3D TV kind of seems to have faded away i think i don't think sorry dave no i don't think 3d tv is going to take off until they come up with a safe way for you not to have to wear the glasses i know that you don't have to there are the the technology exists right but they're so expensive and so narrow and and still who knows what you know long-term effects they've got got no glasses 3d in in the uh the nintendo uh yeah on the little uh 3ds yeah um and, and well, when we went to D23, the Disney archives had Harold Lloyd's uh, mm-hmm. 3D photos, and they were just showing it on a high yeah. def television. And I was like, "Well, there it is. You're proving it. It can be done." And but it's just so prohibitively expensive for the average consumer. And you know, everything uh, always is until it gets into mass production. And then, it, but and 3D then prices, never took off enough to, right. to do that, unfortunately. Um, and and then they're saying with the 4K, but the problem with 4K is now they're asking you to rebuy your player, rebuy your disc. Like they just uh, we, we we this happened while we while we were on you know a week off. Uh, Sony announced like Ghostbusters is coming out this summer, and Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters two in, on 4K. Right, and then they did the cover art without Ernie Hudson. So people are just like, uh, you know, there are four, uh, <laughs> not three. Um, so, I mean, but I don't, I don't feel an urge to rebuy this again. And I know and there are some movies that, uh, you know, I've, I've bought in every stupid incarnation. And now I'm like, my Blu-ray is just fine for what I can see. It's kind of funny because as we move more and more stuff into the cloud, there isn't a good reason for them to force you to buy a whole brand new thing for compatibility's sake, other than greed. Because they've got the property. Moving the bits right. around doesn't cost anything. If they want to charge, if you already own, if you have basically a license for the Blu-ray version and then there's a 4K version and they want you to charge yeah. you the full price for that, um, that's that's absurd. You well, know, and I'd say... An upgrade price... That and the same acceptable. thing seems to be here on the PS uh, the PS Neo is it's the same thing. They're not going to force developers to go into PS Neo only right. games. And at this point, I look at it, and I mean, I had an interesting 
thing where I was, you know, because the other thing that's happening with high def TVs is there's that smoothing option. Yes. That makes it look like it's, you know, and that's with the upscaling stuff. Yeah, but, and it's like a default on some TVs. They yeah. come out that way. So if you walk into a Best Buy, if you don't know, know what I'm talking about, walk into a Best Buy, watch their demo stuff, and you watch a movie uh, where it seems like it's like it's almost a soap opera uh, on videotape, so crystal clean, and like it's like you could look sit through there. That's the that, that's the I like the fact you were pushing your I, hand I, I into do. my I, face. I do. I, uh, that was for no other reason than just you know, back off. Uh, but uh, that that it's. Uh, and it's like a what's the, what's the format in England? Um, PAL, PAL. Because I when I was in London and you go into the compartment store and see the TV and you go, yeah, okay, PAL already yes. kind of looks that way. So it's smoothing, and a lot of directors complain and say, but that's not the way we made the movie. You put shot it on film; it's supposed to have a different feel. It's meant to kind of have a safe distance. Um, but if it's a default, so my son and I were visiting my cousin, and we and I brought Ant Man on Blu-ray, and so. All the kids watched Ant-Man. And Luke looked at it and said, it looks like a video game. Hmm. And I realized it's because, like, he's been playing, he's got a PS4, so he's been playing Call of Duty. And these games that are trying really hard to look real, but there's something a little unreal about it. And that's what smoothing does for a movie that wasn't meant to look that way. Interesting. So Ant-Man did. And I was looking at it going, I don't know. And I said, ah, the default hasn't been, you know, you haven't gone Turned into the control. The, because most people wouldn't, no, wouldn't think about. People it. never touch that stuff, you know. But but exactly. So that's that's at this point, we're all kind of happy with our technology. You know who does this right? And I'm talking about the fact that uh, you get a product and it's a certain resolution, right? yeah. And then they make a new resolution available, and but you know who? And then what does it take to get that? You know who's doing it absolutely right? Marvel. And you know where they're doing it? Digital comics. With the Infinity Comics? No, with all their stuff. Yeah. When you, because you can download the older, the older stuff you download, and it's there on mm-hmm. your thing. And then you go to read it and it says, there's a higher resolution mm-hmm. version available. Do you want to download that now? And it just downloads and you, you watch it. Mm-hmm. That's... that's uh, and, and so we bring this full circle back to comics where I, I agree. I think one of the things, by the way, in DC's Rebirth is they're not playing a digital game as new reader friendly mm-hmm. or really just fan friendly as Marvel does. Every morning right now, I, I take a walk. I go to Starbucks. I get a cup of coffee. I get my breakfast, my little bacon Gouda sandwich there, a little uh, Fanboy Planet insider tip. Uh, <laughs> and I sit and I read two comics on Mar- uh, on, I go onto their Wi-Fi. I read two comics on Marvel Comics Unlimited. Cost me ten bucks a month. Yeah, and I'm catching up on series that I like things for um, for Secret Wars, the side series that I hadn't bought. Right. So I'm I'm going back in and catching up on those. I'm catching up on Darth Vader. Oh, so good, you know, and 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 a lot of these things. Which, by the way, let me uh, close out on the best comic book from last week was hands down C three PO. I still haven't read it yet. Yeah. Oh, Jiminy Christmas! Yeah. It was James Robinson and Tony Harris. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought that's oh, they're just slumming it on this. It's a beautiful book. It's great. And and who told me was Carr handed it to me and said, make sure you make sure you read this this week. And it was great. But anyway, you know, so I'm saying it's, it's a deal. For 10 bucks a month, I have 
access to what fifteen thousand comics. Yeah. Plus their infinite comics, so they're basically their motion comics. Plus they do a lot of work for you in doing playlists of of of, of series. So that I ran found the bunch. I found the flaw in reading the Infinity Collection. Yeah. You know what's missing from the Infinity Collection? What? Infinity. Oh really? So you go from Avengers, New Avengers, and that's all in order. All the tie-in books are there, but Infinity you have to go look at d- separately. Interesting. So I'm like, that's that that was bad. So they still have to do a little. They have a little fine tuning to do, but that's a minor complaint. Yeah. When I can look at, and then every Monday look and go, hey, here's what we've added this week. And so you can look and see, oh, yeah, so like a couple of, you know, oh, good, the latest issue of Darth Vader is available now. So I'll, I, I've banked a couple or stopped a couple early because I knew I was running out. Boom, now I can go back in and and speed through a few. Yeah, I was uh, starting up on uh, War of Kings, which I, I, gotta I, go missed, back to that. I missed that one entirely when it came out. Yeah, I, did, I think I read uh, one of the first two or three issues of that and then stopped getting to read preview issues so i was like ah, i can't afford this yeah so but now i can you know i mean and i would love dc to have something like that yeah oh yeah because I, oh yeah then it'd be marvel who because i there's so much in dc's archives that i have spent money on you know uh-huh. i mean i have my archive editions up there i buy trades all just the time all the batman stuff all i mean just oh yeah. you know give me some. i never read i never read the uh all the stuff um Oh, Contagion and all the earthquake stuff in Gotham. Oh, there's and- a lot of stuff there. But, I mean, give me sh- some stuff that was only viable for you them to reprint in black and white in showcase editions. Give me on digital. Mm. Let me read uh, the Phantom C- Stranger. The Phantom Stranger. Let me re- let me reread uh, Shazam in color, that 70s yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, You know, you want to get kids hooked? I told you, I bought that showcase of Shazam, and that stuff is still good for kids mm-hmm. of today. But the problem is... It's in black and white and newsprint on a sh- in a showcase edition, right. so kids won't read it. Right. And I'm sorry that that's the truth, but it's the truth, you know. And so, hey, coloring books are back. Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> Mad Love. There's a coloring book edition of Harley Quinn and Joker. Oh, really? Mad Love. Wow. I just saw that today. And went. Have we gone a little too far? Do you know that there's a colored pencil shortage worldwide? Really? Because of because adult of the- coloring books? <laughs> That's lovely. We're in a ridiculous time. A wonderful time, but a ridiculous time. And we hope that you will listen to us the next ridiculous time, whether it be next week or the week after. Probably next week. Uh, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, reminding you, of course, that you can write in questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism to Editor at FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Derek and... I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www. The Great Luke L U K E S K I dot com.